Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good, we wanna welcome all our campuses out there and everybody watching online, let's give them a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless you, welcome. My name is Miles McPherson, Pastor The Rock. Uh, before I start, I wanna address a very uh, sad uh, situation that was in the news this week that one of our former volunteers was um, arrested for the death of her adopted daughter. And um, it's a very sad situation. Uh, she has the daughter Arabella who, was, who had a life taken was, um, had two sisters and um, it's just a lot of pain. Um, I know some of you know her, Latisha McCormick, and we wanna pray for everybody involved, all the people who knew her, our church. I know when things happen like this, a lot of questions about how it could happen and why it would happen, and we have the same questions, and so we, we gotta go to, to the Lord for those, for comfort in that situation. Uh, it's also bewildering because there were so many background checks done. Uh, she was a volunteer for law enforcement, was background checked by law enforcement, background checked by Child Protective Services because she was a foster mother and then adopted parent, her and her husband. Um, and then obviously we did a background check after all that and nothing revealed that anything like this would happen, could happen. And so we just ask that you would pray for everybody involved and um, there are a lot of people who do know her and, and know the family and are struggling with this. So I, I want to share 1 Peter 5, 7. Uh, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. Um, number one, God cares for us. He cares for every single one of you and we all go through hard times and even times that we don't understand why things are happening, God cares for you and he'll get you through. Um, and then humble yourselves before God, that we all come to God every day and say, Lord, I, I can only do this thing called life with you. I can't do it without you. Can I get amen to that? And lastly, uh, he will lift you up because he cares for you. God will lift you up. God's the one who's going to get us through and always encourage us when we get through those times. We have a statement on our website that kind of goes into more detail about this. Uh, you just go to our website and there's a statement there, sdrock.com slash statement, and it'll give you more information. And so I appreciate your prayers. We appreciate your prayers. And um, uh, it's a difficult time. Let's get on our knees and pray. Amen. All the campuses. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been declaring our gratitude to God. And I want to uh, do a little different today. I'm going to read something and have you repeat after me. You can keep your eyes open, close your, close your eyes, bow your head. But I want to have you repeat after me as we declare this to God. Thank you, God, for the breath, breath of life in my lungs. I'm sorry. We'll try that one more time. <laughs> I'll say it. Then you repeat after me. Is that cool? Okay. Thank you, God, for the breath of life in my lungs. Thank you, God, for your unconditional love. Lord, I surrender my heart to you today. Dear Lord, I love your vision for the church. Forgive me for any pride in my heart, God. Forgive me for any unforgiveness in my soul. Forgive me for any bitterness in my life. Forgive me for any greed in my heart. Lord, I want to be used to build your house. 
I want to be a giver and not a taker. I want to be the solution, not the problem. I want to be a blessing, not only blessed. I believe you have a perfect plan and place for me in your house. Lord, please bless your church today. Please unite our hearts today. I love you, God. All I need is you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Come on, church. Amen, amen. Say, give someone a high five next to you. Turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. When I was um, 10 years old, I made my first attempt to have a girlfriend. And um, the situation was this. I knew what kind of girl I was looking for all my life. I was looking for a specific kind of a, a girl, probably similar to my mother, you know. Uh, uh, and I was standing in front of my house and I looked down the street and there she was. She was perfect in every way. She was a probably 10 or 11, light-skinned like me, had hair like my mom, and I was like, there she is. We didn't have cell phones, we didn't have email, we didn't have text. We sent messages via pigeon. <laughs> so I wrote a little note on the little note, put it in the pigeon's feet, and said, can you tell her I like her and ask her, will she be my girlfriend? So the pigeon flew and pigeon came back and she said yes. And I don't know that we ever really spoke for about a year, though she was my girlfriend still. Um, <laughs> But at first she was kind of standoffish and, you know, didn't want to have a, a, a very involved relationship. Um, she didn't live in my neighborhood. She lived like, you know, 10 miles away. So I said, well, I'm going to go to the next best thing, which was her cousin. Her cousin came to the neighborhood, same, same you, know, uh, you know, complexion, same what I had in my mind as my wife, because I was looking for a wife ever since I was a little kid. So I started to date her, and she lived in Maryland, which was five states away, so we communicated by mail, never talked on the phone. I, you know, I couldn't talk to her. That was like, you couldn't do that. Um, but what happened was, because I couldn't have the first girl, I went to the next best thing, which is actually a better thing, was the, was her, which was her cousin. Um, <laughs> you wonder where the story's going. In the Bible, King David said to God, God, I want to build a house for you. We've been looking at this story for a month. I want to build a house for the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. And I want to build a house for you. And God said, no. The best thing you can do, though, is you can prepare for your son. He's going to build the house. And so we've been talking about how can we have a heart for the house. 
And as we talk about how we have a heart for the house for the last month, we've been talking about different characteristics of having a heart for the house. We've been leading up to today where we're going to have a special offering for the heart for the house. Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. You've been here. Amen. And so look at this four messages that we've looked at so far about having a heart for the house because God called David, you're not going to build the house. So David says, so what I'm going to do then is I'm going to empower my son. Here's David's heart. First, a heart for the house has a heart for God. Everyone say heart for God. You can't have a heart for the house without having a heart for God. It's not about an organization. It's not about a pastor. It's not about a building. It's really about the God of the house. Can I get amen? So if I say, who's the man, what would y'all say? Okay, so there's a lot of y'all who don't know the code, the rule. At our church, if you hear someone say, who's the man, you have to, by law, it's actually in the Bible as well. It's in the Bible. You have to respond by saying, Jesus, like that, okay? You can't say it flat. You got to have a little dip. So I'm going to say it. Let's practice it. Who's the man? Jesus. Very good. So if you're, in the, if you're in the mall, at the movie theater, wherever you're at, and you hear someone say, who's the man, you have to respond that way. So let's practice. You walk around the mall, you're buying some clothes, whatever, and you hear someone shout, who's the man? What are you going to do? happens to me all the time. I'm walking in the mall. People yell at me and they know I got to do it. And it don't matter. I'm talking. <laughs> you know, they're like, I'll see if he's going to see if he's going to represent. And I'm, you know, talking to the, to the, to the whoever. And I'm like, hold up. I got to do this. Jesus. And then I go back to my business. <laughs> True story. People will yell at the car. They're driving by to yell at the car at me. And I'll just say, Jesus. And yeah, okay. That's what it's about. This is so critical. Whenever you come to church, Whenever you read your Bible, whenever you pray, it is all about you making a connection with him. When you come here, get your laugh, get your praise on, read the Bible, all that, but don't miss God. Don't miss God. That's the whole point. There's going to come a day when I'm dead and gone. There's going to come a day you're dead and gone or whatever. And I may die before you, so you, hopefully you'll still be here. But it ain't going to be. It doesn't matter. It's about God. It's about God. And if you can in your mind, you're focused all the time. I got to connect with God. I got to connect with God. I got to hear God's voice. No matter what's going on in your life, you're going to have drama hit you and things that are going to happen in your life that are going to be disappointing. You don't understand why me. This is not fair. Jesus. Just focus on him and he'll get you through, okay? Number two, the second sermon we talked about, a heart for the house is a grateful heart. Say grateful. Uh, David was so grateful that God took him from being a shepherd boy and he defeated Goliath. This is the same David that defeated Goliath and then made him the king of Israel. He's like, who am I? How many of y'all are grateful for where God has brought you? Guess what he has more for you? Here's why I know that. Because all of us, all of us, because of our flawed nature, we, we fight God. God wants more for us. I'm like, I don't know God. I don't know God. It's scary. I don't know God. He, he wants to even bless you even more. That's a good, that's a good thing. It's, it's, he wants to bless you. And he wants to bless you more sometimes, not even necessarily for you. He wants sometimes just to bless you so you could be a blessing. Can I get Amen. That's a fact. By the way, if you're blessed, one of the things you should ask God is, God, what do you want me to do with the blessing? Okay? You give me a personality, what do you want me to do with it? He didn't give you a big personality so you could talk to yourself in the mirror. He didn't give you a nice smile so you could look at yourself in the mirror. He gave it to you for the world. 
Okay, so God, what do you want me to do with the blessing you give me? Okay, number three, number three, a heart for the house is a jealous heart. Jealousy is not necessarily bad. Jealousy is where you want exclusivity to a relationship. God wants to be the one to be the blessing to you because he, has, he knows no one else can bless you like him. How many of y'all have a baby? How many have a baby? Raise your hand really high. Just, okay, how many of y'all, okay, thank you. How many of you do not have a baby? You haven't had a child yet. Raise your hand. Okay, here's what's going to happen when you have a child. Mark my words. You are going to go, oh, snap. I did not know love felt like this. Listen to my words, son. I did not know that love felt like this. It is a responsibility love. It's a jealousy love. It is like you take your hands off my little child or I'll whoop you love. <laughs> Can I get amen? It, it, it's, it, for all y'all who never had a kid, I'm not, I'm not even coming close to exaggerating. It is, it is there's, there's specific emotions that we have stored up somewhere in our soul. I don't know how God does it, but there's specific emotions that are tied to specific events. Like when your parents die, there's a special emotion for that. When your mother dies, when your father dies, depending on what kind of relationship you have with them, but let's say you had a great relationship with both of them, there's a specific relationship with that. It, it, you don't feel it with friends. You don't feel it with friends. That's a different one. There's a different relationship. There's a different feeling. When I saw that girl when I was 10, oh man, I was in love. That, eh, ain't no love. But it was a kind of a crush thing that I wouldn't feel today. And then, it was, then, there, was a, then there was a feeling when I saw the, the wife that I really have now, who was a grown version of what I saw that when I was 10, really. And there was a specific feeling here. And then when I had a child, I was like, now this was different. It's different. And so I said, I, I want to be the one to protect. I want to be the one to love her. I want to be the one to bless her. This is, this is what David had for God. God, I, I don't want you to know that I am jealous that you know that I want, I, I, you are ex my only God. You're the only one I worship. You're the only one I honor. You're the only one I bow down to. And I need you to know that. Imagine if you had that. Okay. And lastly, last week we talked about a heart for the house is a prepared heart. Say prepared heart. And last week we talked about, David said, okay, now that my son's going to do it, I'm going to prepare all my, the wealth I have and the plans I have and the ideas and all the people who follow me, I'm going to prepare all them to give that to Solomon so he could build an amazing temple for God. Okay, real quick, we talked about that we're going to take an offering today. If you weren't here, we've been leading up to this special heart for the house offering over and above what we normally do so we can keep reaching people out in the community. Here's where those categories, that money's going to go. One, three categories. No God, growing community, make a difference. No God is evangelism and reaching out. So we have a, a community chapel here at the building. We have building repairs all around all of our campuses, world missions, digital evangelism. And this is the ability to get the gospel to all the people around the world and online who are watching online. This is going to help you as well because this enables us to get the gospel to you, church anywhere, and all the buildings that we have need repairs, etc. We have growing community, rock kids, rock youth. My God has given me a uh, is stirring in my heart to do youth ministry again. So I am praying about how, to, how we're going to reach youth in, in the next, next few years. Can I get amen on that? Come on now, church. 
men and women's ministry, marriage ministry, small groups. I can't encourage all of y'all enough to get in a small group. Coming here once a week is cool, but if you really want to grow, how many of y'all really want to grow in your faith? It's going to be right there when you get people in your life that can talk to you. A discipleship pathway, which we are uh, working on um, uh, to develop a digital pathway to guide all of y'all in your spiritual growth from the day you hear about God to the day that you die. And then uh, make a difference. Toys for Joy. Toys for Joy is coming up in December. Can I get amen? Toys for Joy. We've, we're going to feed kids toys for kids, clothes for kids. And, and we, this is our 26th year. We started before we started the church. So we're gonna, this money's going to go to that. We have food and diapers that we want to give, continue to feed people. That came out of COVID. All the people who are struggling, especially with food prices going up, crisis response, community outreach, Rock Your City events. We want to keep reaching out into the community. So our goal is $5 million. Everyone say $5 million. Million. We've already raised half of it, 2.5. Come on, church. Come on, church. So our prayer is that today we would match that. We would match that. And we're going to take an offering here in about uh, eight minutes or so. So let me get to the, to the word. Four things. Number one, number one, a prepared heart understands the focus of the house. Look what it says in First Chronicles. First Chronicles, furthermore, David said, King David said to all the assembly, my son, Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced and the work is great. Everyone say the work is great? Because the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Everything we do, we got to do it for God. It's got to be to glorify him. It's got to be to advance his mission it's got to be to advance his purposes. It's got to be to glorify him. What you give is investing in that. Number two, a prepared heart allocates resources for the house. Look what David did. David said, now for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might gold for things to be made of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, Iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood, onyx stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones, and marble slabs in abundance. Uh, David said, I am going to put aside these things that I have for the investment into the house of God. Um, he prepared in advance. My encouragement to you as we prepare for this, and hopefully from last week you've been thinking about this, that you would prepare in your heart, God, what, what do you want me to do? Um, and that's what David, David said, I, if I can't build it myself, I'm going to partner. Every single one of us, whenever you see someone get saved, whenever you see someone get fed from this church, whenever you see someone get served in a community, you are a part of that. And whatever you, whether you prayed, whether you gave, whether you served, whether you, whether you um, uh, attended church and, and worshiped and, and encouraged somebody out in the, in the parking lot, which I hope you do, all those things are part of this, this. David said, here's what I can do. And number three, a prepared heart directs all its affections towards God's house. First Chronicles, look what it says. Moreover, because I've set my affection on the house of God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared. 
for the holy house, my own special treasure of silver and gold. When you come to church, and and here's a, a heart posture. Everyone say heart posture. When you come here, you got all the stuff going on in your life. You know, you're driving, you, 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 if you got a baby, your baby pooped in the, in the parking lot, you, your spouse was late because they didn't, they didn't pick out their clothes or, or for whatever reason they were late. How many of y'all got a spouse or someone that's always late? Okay, and then you're like, oh, like mm, sometimes it's the wife and sometimes it's the man. I ain't gonna point fingers, but there's always one that's late. There's always somebody. And you got all this stuff and your life is so distracted. When you come here, you want to get your heart right. There was a, um, a bug called a tiger beetle. Everyone say tiger beetle. Tiger beetle is the fastest bug on the planet. A tiger beetle runs five miles an hour. But a tiger beetle can run 171 lengths of its body in one second. Now, what's the significance? Well, Usain Bolt, the fastest man arguably at one time in the world, when he, at top speed, runs five body lengths in a second. So that means if Usain Bolt run the same, ran the same speed proportionate as the Tiger Beetle, he'd be running at 480 miles an hour. So this, this bug is fast, and it runs that fast either chasing a predator to kill it or chasing a mate. <laughs> it's like... Like, you know, when you see that girl, <laughs> so she's got to be, she's got to be at least that fast to get away, right? <laughs> or she got to give him the okie doke and so, so he misses her. So, but here's the thing about the tiger beetle. The tiger beetle runs 480, well, five miles an hour, but, but it runs so fast, it goes blind. Its brain can't process all the information of the stuff coming at it, so it has to stop and kind of regather and look where it's at. So if this is the, the tiger beetle, the girl he's trying to get, and he's like, whoop, and she moves, he's like, okay, where'd she go, where'd she go? And he got the focus. You ever see in, in Star Wars when, the, when they do warp speed, and then they go warp speed and all the stars blur? That's what the tiger beetle actually sees. It, goes, it runs so fast, its brain just shuts down, and it can't hardly see anything. Sometimes our lives are like that. We go so fast, so fast, so fast, we got to stop and pause. When you come here, hopefully that's your time for you. Because you don't want to go all, all week, all week, and then come to church, get, you know, come in the building, and you can't find your seat because someone's in your seat, it ain't your seat. <laughs> then you sit somebody behind somebody with a big afro, and you're mad because you can't see. And then, and then your favorite pastor, whoever you want, speaking ain't there, or the worship team that you don't like, is, you, you like it, and, and all these things, you know, the lights doesn't work, and the speaker doesn't work, and you can't hear, you can't see, and you, and you leave all frantic, and you miss the whole point. <sighs> focus on God. You got to focus on God. And lastly, a prepared heart gives willingly. Everyone say willingly. Look what the Bible says. Who then is willing, say willing, to consecrate himself to the Lord? Then the leaders of the fathers of the houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds with the officers over the king's work offered willingly. In a few minutes, we're going to take an offering and here is the big thing to remember. Do it willingly. 
Say willingly. Every time, uh, I shouldn't say every time, but often when pastors bring up money, people get their panties in a bunch. And we take a deep breath in. God has entrusted you with everything you have. Your breath, your life, your personality, your resources, your relationships, your money, your talents. And he says, will you use it to glorify me? At, this is God talking. Will you use it to glorify me at my direction? That is the sum, the beginning and the end of walking with God. Do I do it for him at his direction? And every time we take an offering, you need to say, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. This is my encouragement to you. And you shouldn't do it because you feel pressured. You shouldn't do it because you're like, well, I got everyone else to do it. No, God, this is why it's so important to have an intimate relationship with God. So he's, because he's going to direct all of you to do something different. Some of you can give $5. Fabulous. Some of you can give a million dollars. Fabulous. And by the way, some of y'all can give a million dollars and five dollars and it feel the same because you're at different levels. Fabulous. But do what God told you to do. Do what God told you to do. I told you our goal is five million. We already have half of that. One guy gave a million dollars. Man, we'd love to get another one. How many of y'all would love to give a million dollars one day? Just raise your hand. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Lord, I just pray that this is not a money thing. It's a heart thing. This is not about the, these are people's ability to write that check. It's about their willingness to write that check in a way that honors you. So I pray that you would bless them with that ability to be a huge blessing. 